0: Bye.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just thank the Lord right now for just allowing us to have this moment of opportunity to just say, have mercy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we give you all the glory and the honor for what you have done, Jesus, for us no one could have done because there's no one beside you there's no other god like you you are the all true and living god that came on the earth and you gave your life as the lamb of god for the whole world no one can say that no one can say that that they gave their life for the whole world no one can say that they were the lamb Oh, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. So, Lord, we thank you right now, God, as we come before you humbly, God, asking you, Lord, to just guide us, direct us, our hearts and our minds and our thoughts and our words, oh, Lord, as we lift you up and exalt you, oh, God, in the service of your blessing us as being the Passover. As the Good Friday service, we call it because, God, it was good that we were afflicted. But, God, we only can be afflicted because, God, you were afflicted for our sins that you took on the cross of Calvary. So, God, it was good because you were so merciful to us that you didn't want us to be the sacrificial lambs for the sin that we have done on this earth, but God, you chose to be the savior, the redeemer of our souls, and that you chose to take that cross in our place with your life of the blood that you shed. So Lord, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. We don't take it as some kind of uh, accident or some kind of lucky, but God, it was something that you did out of love out of your concern for us because of your father's love for us that we have gone astray. We were like sheep wandering in the wilderness and in darkness and in sin. And we were blinded by deception of the devil. And you chose to come on the cross and give your life that we could have life. So Lord, we thank you for giving us that pardon for giving us that place that you didn't harden your hearts against us. But you draw us to you, God. You draw us to you. For what you did on that cross. You draw us to you. You said for us to pick up our cross and follow after you. Oh God, we bless you and we honor you, Lord. For caring for us and loving us so, God. To be the shepherd. Of our souls. So Lord we honor you today. As we go into your word. To share about this. Good Friday. This Passover. Because it was in the Old Testament. That for sins. There had to be a sacrifice. And an offering. To be shed by blood. And you God. Became the true living. Offering and sacrifice. That you shed your blood. For our lives oh God. That we could live. So Lord, we bless you and we honor you today and we praise you and we pray that your word and everyone that hears your word, oh God, it will be a blessing to the hearing of the hearer, oh God. And They just don't be a hearer, but they be a doer. This is not just a place and time it's to come for one day or a few days, they call it Holy Week, and then go back and be the same. No, this is a life-changing moment and experience, so I pray that whoever's listening and hearing is, oh God, that their hearts will be pricked to run a change and turn and live a daily walk with you. A daily relationship with you, God, not just a one time, a few years, a year from now doing the same thing, but God being new, being renewed. And we praise you and we bless you and we honor you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, greetings in the Lord to all of you that are listening. I want you to just know that the worship that you heard prior to me speaking was from Prayer, 24-7 prayer, global online, IHOP. They call them IHOP. It's International House of Prayer. You can go online and look at them. There was a woman by the name of Lauren Alexandria. I believe that's her name. And just a beautiful spirit of worship, talking about the resurrection of Christ. But before we get to the resurrection, we're going to talk to you about the Passover. Because Jesus Christ came and gave his life on that cross and it's symbolic. It's symbolic. it's called the Passover that people are passing over from death to life, eternal life. not just living and just existing. no God doesn't want us to just live and exist. He wants us to live, live an abundant life, but with him in our lives, directing our lives and guiding our lives and helping us in our lives, that makes our lives richer. It's not always the material financial things that make your life richer. It's the quality of life that you have that makes your life richer. And because of Jesus Christ being the savior of the world, the the lamb of God, without blemish, he was only able to be the sacrifice and the offering for our sins because he was without sin. He's without fault. He had no blemish. When they gave an offering in the Old Testament with a lamb or a goat or whatever animal, it couldn't have any blemishes. It couldn't have any spots. It had to be pure and clean. That's why Jesus Christ is the only person that can get glory and honor on this earth because none of us on this earth are innocent, pure, and clean. We've all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ was sinless. He was the son of God. He was the, came from the father himself, the only begotten son. And so he came to give us life. So we are here today to share with you what the word of God gave us to give to you. That you can have life as you continue on on this journey on this earth. We want to make sure we're not just here to be here. We're not just here to exist. We're here to honor the Lord in every day and everything that we do. We want to acknowledge him and honor him and praise God. The message the Lord has given me to give today for this Passover. Good Friday service is called God's grace for the race. Amen. God's grace for the race. And we're going to be talking about the seven last words of Christ on the cross. So it's title of this message is God's grace for the race. Now, let me just say that the definition of grace in the definition of grace in the dictionary, it says, for one, simple elegance or a refine of movement. Think about those words, simple, elegance, simple, not flashy, but just simple. But even simple has elegance sometimes to it. It's a refining. It says simple elegance of refined movement. That's what grace stands for in the dictionary. And it also says courteous goodwill. And number three, it says do honor or credit to someone or something by one's presence. Let's talk about that last one. Or well, number two, too. Let's do number two first. Courteous goodwill. In regards to Jesus Christ. Being on that cross, it says courteous goodwill because it was his goodwill that we weren't on that cross. He took that our place and substitute of us. That's what they call the atonement. The atonement is he went in our place as a substitute for us. Instead of us being on the cross, he took the sins of the world on his back, on his shoulder, on his heart, and he was one that was crucified instead of us. So it says courteous goodwill. And then the third one says, do honor or credit to someone or something by one's presence. We have to honor Jesus Christ for what he did. That's our responsibility, our accountability of our actions for what we did. He he allowed himself to be put in that position for us. We owe him our honor. We owe him our lives. We got to give credit to him. Not to ourselves. We want to boast a lot of times about what man does and what people do, but we could not save ourselves from the destruction of sin and evil because Christ had to come and do it for us. When Adam and Eve sinned, they sin and it spread like a cancer. You know, when you something that's cancer, if you don't catch it in time, it spreads. But what Adam and Eve sinned, that's what it was like. It was like a cancer spreading. So it goes onto the a whole planet. We're right now in the pandemic. Same thing with like a virus. It goes into the whole planet. It just not stays to one person or a few people. No, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God because of what Adam and Eve did. We needed to have atonement. For our sins, because sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from all of Almighty Father. The Almighty Father is holy, He's pure, He's righteous, He's without sin, and He needed a Savior that was without sin, a shepherd that was without sin, atonement. And the only person that He could see choosing to do this was His only begotten Son, because He came from the heaven. from with his father and he chose to be on this earth to make the sacrifice of atonement because we were separated from God because of our sin from what Adam and Eve did. And now God says, you have to come back to me in order for you to get back to me. I need you to be cleansed. I need you to be holy. I need you to be pure and righteous. And we can't do that without Jesus. So Jesus is all the difference that it matters on this planet earth why we are in situations that we're in. It's either because we rejected God's will, rejected God's word, and we needed to repent for it and return back to the father. And Jesus Christ is the mediator. He was the atonement. He was the bridge that kept us from the cancer spreading onto the rest of us on this earth for us to die in hell in our sins. We need Jesus Christ as our savior. So praise God. That's because we give honor The third verse of grace says, give honor and credit to someone or something by one's presence. Because of Jesus Christ's presence, we give honor for the grace of God. Grace is considered to be God's favor. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? That means they need you to do something because they can't do something without you. And it's order for you to help them. That's how they'll be able to get certain things done. That's the favor that that they're asking you to do. They know I need some help with something and I can't do it on my own. If I could do it on my own, I wouldn't ask you to do it for me or help me. So that's why God's favor, grace is God's favor to us. We can't get ourselves free from our own sin without Christ. So we need Christ's favor, God's favor on our lives. So I'm going to read the verse Romans 5, 21, as sin. Has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. Let me read that again. Romans 5 21 says that as sin, okay, sin is the one that brings about death, as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness. Reign. Grace has to reign through righteousness. Unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. You know, there was two thieves on the cross, and I'm going to talk about that when I get into the, the last seven words on the cross. But the two thieves on the cross, that's what we, you and I, are. We were like that. We've been on this earth, on this planet, walking around for so long, doing things in our own way, doing things our own well, in our own will, not acknowledging Jesus, not acknowledging God. And God has said to us, you are like these thieves. You go on the way you're doing and I'm the one that's helping you. I'm the one giving you life. I'm the one that's breathing for you. I'm the one that's providing for you. But you give all the credit and the glory to yourself and to other people. That's like a thief. Like you're taking something that doesn't belong to you. The credit doesn't belong to us. The glory doesn't belong to us. We're taking credit for things that we haven't even done. That God is the one that's behind everything that we do. Just because you don't see God doing it doesn't mean that he's not working on your behalf. And that's the problem. We've been taking credit. We're like thieves on the cross taking something that don't belong to us. All the glory, all the honor for whatever happens in our lives that we go on. When things go bad, we're going to blame God for everything. We're going to blame God for that. But when things go good, do we give God glory? Do we give God credit? Do we give God thanks and praise for that? No, we give it to ourselves. How selfish. That's a thief robbing something that don't belong to us. Praise God. So we're on a race. I want you to understand the title of the message. I call it God's grace for the race. And why am I talking about God's grace, God's favor for the race? What race am I talking about? What race are we in? We hear the expression all the time. Oh, this is a rat race. We're in a rat race. Well, let me tell you something. If you live in New York City, let me tell you something. Them rats know how to run. And New York City have a big thing all the time with the marathon and everything. So you got a lot of people that's running you know, races for marathons and things like that. But in reality, real life, these rats are racing too. Okay, they got big rats out here. They about to pay rent. I'm just how big they are. Rats, just as horrible as they could be. But this is a rat race, meaning that you are running against a clock. What I mean by that, what kind of race are we running? The clock is ticking. Good versus evil. Heaven or hell. That's the race we're running. It's not about a race where you're running to see what kind of job you're going to get and what kind of schooling education you're going to get or how much money you're going to make or who you're going to get the hookup from and who you, who you, who you're going to be able to uh, get, say that you did some wonderful thing on your job. No, that's not the race I'm talking about. Not for promotions and for, for material things and for things that, that puff up uh, uh, people's egos. No, I'm talking about we're running in a race of good versus evil. We are in the pandemic now. We've had so many things happening with all these protesters, with all these riots going on, all these different things where people are, are just going to act a berserk, like a criminal and they want to blame COVID for everything. Because Besides COVID, these people had a lot of problems before, before COVID, prior to COVID. But now, since COVID has come, oh my gosh, everybody's got so much to say about this and that and the other. So many things that got the Russian-Ukraine war going on. Everything you can think of something is something that's going on. So you're in a race verse a race of good and evil, heaven or hell. We don't know when Jesus comes back. We have not been told the exact day or the hour when he comes. We're just told to prepare ourselves, to make ourselves ready, get our minds and our heart in a preparation to prepare for when he comes back that we can go back with him. But let me tell you something. If you think this is gonna be a tiptoe tulip up through the park, you got another thing coming. You got ticking bombs, people that's all out in out of control in the wilderness off. They not even thinking about the Bible, not thinking about Jesus. They going astray, they wandering. And when you have people that's out of control and chaos, they end up in some things, doing some things they have no business doing. And they try to find people that they can do it to or do it with. They're like predators or stalkers. And you got to understand, if you are not a part of that, what's going to protect you and keep you away from those type of situations or that evil? You need to be under God's grace, in God's face with his grace. You need to be running this race of good versus evil. I cannot afford to allow evil to come into my heart. I can't afford to allow evil to come into my mind. I can't afford to allow evil to come into my home. You got to run this race of grace. And I'm telling you, you can't be tiptoeing through the tulips. When I say run, I mean you got to run like somebody's after your life. You got to get away from people or things or situations that might try to tangle you up, that might try to trip you. You know, when you're running a race, they have those obstacle courses that when people are running certain races, they either run the races where there's no obstacle course and they run laps and they go around and they keep going until they get to the last lap. But sometimes they have those races where they have those hurdles in front of people and they got to jump over them hurdles and then keep running and then jump over the hurdles. And keep. Running. Let me tell you something. Sometimes situations in our life, we can run a different type of race. We could be running like we running around like the laps journal hurdles or the hurdles. You could be running around like you running for laps or you could run it like you jumping over something, over a hurdle. Whatever race you in, you need God's grace, God's favor. You need God's presence, God's goodwill. That's what the definition of grace says in the, in the dictionary. Courtesy, good, courtesy, goodwill, honor, credit, someone or something by one's presence. We need the Lord's presence. We cannot run this race on our own without him helping us every step of the way to take each step. You know, there's some people, and I got to be very honest, there's some people since COVID has came about and has happened, God just pushed me. He launched me out into the deep. He's like, no, you got to go. You cannot stay stuck and stagnant because of COVID and not because there's no church services going on. You're going to find where the people are that are praising me, that are worshiping me, that are honoring me, that are glorifying me. In this season, I still have people who are lifting up their hands, who are bold, and that's where I'm sending you to be one of my people that are going to be just as I am. And that's what God is. He's a warrior. He's bold. When he hung on that cross, he wasn't hung on, hanging on that cross because he was a weak person. He was on that cross because he was strong. He was mighty, and he had to be able to handle whatever was going to take place on that cross because he knew it was going to be for the life of you and I, our souls was in the balance. He was fighting a tug of war to either go and stay in heaven with his father or stay on the earth and, and get us saved. He chose to get us saved. And before he went to his father, he made sure he did everything he needed to do on this earth first. So we have to realize we are in a battle, a race of good and evil Heaven or hell, these are the choices we got to make. No, no time time out for all this other nonsense that's going on on this planet. We don't have time to be wor- worrying about stuff and wasting our time with things that we can't, we can't figure out and we can't control. Hallelujah. Don't waste your time on things you can't figure out. You don't have no business worrying about stuff that you have no control over. But what you do have control over is, Lord, help me decide to make the right decision with my soul because I want to make sure I am not here for the evil to overtake me or take over me. I want to be here for you, God, to make sure that I have the goodness and mercy of God on my life. And you need Jesus Christ to show you and to be with you. And so heaven or hell is the race we're running in. So God's grace to run this race. The clock is ticking and we don't want it to run out because we don't know when the Lord is coming back. We don't know the day of the hour. We want to be prepared and a prepared ready people so that when he returns, we can go back and we go with him. Amen. The end of the devil's mess or Christ's return for us to join him for eternity. You know, don't you want that? Don't you want to have the end of the devil's mess in your life? I mean, I know I did. I had so many things going on before I got saved, which was over 38 years ago. And I'm telling you, the devil was after me. He was on my tracks and I was running. I wasn't running the race for Jesus. I was just running and couldn't, couldn't, wherever you run to, if you ain't got the Lord with you, you're going to run right back into the devil. That's the problem. Sometimes we run, we run in circles. We keep running, doing the same thing we did the year before, the year before, the year, and we keep saying ourselves, "Oh, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I'm gonna get out of this You're not gonna get out of nothing. I don't care how tired you are until you call to Jesus and tell Jesus to help you run that race. You're gonna be still running in circles. I'm telling you what—not what I heard. I'm telling you what I know, what I've experienced. If it was not for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Praise God. Now, he wants to be on your side, too. That's why we're talking about the last seven words of Christ on the cross. Matthew 27 and 46 says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani,' That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in Mark 15 and 34, it says, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Elo, Elo, lama basak Bakami sabak sorry for the pronunciation, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now you think about that. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, he knew God was with him. He knew God had not abandoned him and had not deserted him. But what he was sharing is that just how human he was as well. He was spiritual, supernatural, and man at the same time. He had supernatural power. He did so many great things on the earth where people getting healed, people getting raised, eyes, blinded eyes open. He did miracles and prayed over things where people had food and they wasn't starving, they weren't hungry. But he wanted to show you just how we experienced pain and suffering on this earth. He was showing how he was experiencing it at that moment. He had to put himself in our place as he was on that cross for our sins. And he says, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? Have you ever been in situations in your life? That was your back was up against the wall. You was in some mess, so dark and so ooh, ugly. And you just like, I don't believe God is even real. I don't believe God is even existing. I don't even know how in the world he could allow me to go through this. And sometimes God does have to allow us to go through suffering because sometimes he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible says our heart is deceitfully wicked. And who could know it? We deceive ourselves a lot of times. We think, oh, ain't nothing too big for me. Ain't nothing too hard for me. Ain't nothing too bad for me. I can handle anything. And then when you get in a situation, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what in the world did I think? What was I thinking? What did I say? Why did I do this? Why did I walk in this? I should have never. This is why God has to show us suffering. There are times when we're in suffering and pain. And like I said about Adam and Eve and, and getting cancer and spreading. When Adam and Eve sinned, God had already spoken to them. Listen. Stay away from that fruit over there. Don't touch that tree. This tree you can touch. Don't. God knows what's best. He's wise, but we, do we listen? Do we listen? Did they listen? No. And they touched it. And because of that, they opened up that Pandora's box and all hell broke loose ever since on man because they disobeyed God's commandments and his orders. That's why we're saying sometimes, My God, my God, why has that forsaken us? It's not that He's forsaken us, but when we're out of the will of God and we're not doing what we're supposed to do and we're in sin, it feels like we've been separated from God and we really have been separated from God until we come back to return and repent and say, God, help me, have mercy on me, I'm sorry. This is why it's so important to obey the will of God, to obey the word of God. Don't be disobedient. Don't be doing things that we have no business doing. Because let me tell you something, you could walk outside and walk in situations and you just don't get turned around and come right back all the time. Sometimes you go through a long process to get yourselves out of some situations and some mess because Jesus Christ has to let us know and God has to let us know. When I tell you to stay in place and don't wander from me, that's what I mean. I don't, give you, I don't give you a free will so you could do wrong. I give you a free will so you could do the right thing, but not the wrong thing. So when we do our free will and we want to do wrong, then we sometimes feel like, oh, my God, God, why? Why? What has happened? What has happened? And even when you're doing the right thing, I want you to know something. The devil will try you. He tests us when we're doing the right thing. He's going to see if you're going to really say you love Jesus. You're going to really say you love God. You're going to really be with God. Well, I'm going to see because I'm going to put some, some some suffering on you, put some trial and tribulations on you, put the temptations in front of you. And I want to see if you really going to say you're going to stay with Jesus. So God has us sometimes in situations, not because he's abandoned us or forsaken us. But he's letting us go through the process and we go through the process and then thank you, Jesus. We hold on, we stand and we endure the blessing of what God has for us. We come out on the other side. So praise God. But those words were the one of the last words that Jesus said on the cross was my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken us? But we don't want to be forsaken because Christ went on that cross so that we wouldn't be forsaken. On the last other word, he said in Luke 23, 34, then said, Jesus, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Jesus always has a insurance plan. You know, sometimes people are on this earth and they tell you about, do you have this health insurance? Do you have this policy? Do you have this life insurance? And sometimes you don't. And sometimes you can't afford it because certain people can have access or privilege to certain things because they have a lot of money and different things. But Jesus knew that we were going to mess up. He knew. He knew we already had messed up. So what did he do? He gave us an insurance plan. He's like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was saying, just spare them, give them, give them some mercy. Give them some grace. God, I know they deserve to go to hell. I know they deserve to have things happen to them because of the mess that they have done, but God, I'm praying to you. I'm your son. I'm coming as the atonement and the sacrifice for them. So Lord, can you just have mercy on them? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Now that is a powerful prayer. That's a powerful request because God hates sin. He hates it. And so he knows there's got to be a price paid for sin. He knows that. So he's like, well, I don't want no bull or no goats. I'm tired of them because all they do is killing animals. And they keep sinning so much. All they do is killing animals, killing animals, killing animals, like a ritual. They're just doing it just to be doing it now. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's not, they're not repenting. They're not changing their lives. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. And they're still going back to the same mess. God's with Jesus Christ's prayer and his asking of requesting for God to forgive us. He knew if we would come to him, if we would turn to him, if we would ask Jesus to forgive us, then God will forgive us. So Lord, we thank God for Jesus Christ for that prayer, because a lot of us wouldn't have been here today. We wouldn't have been on this planet right now. We wouldn't have been able to speak to you on this, on this, on this audio in this service. If that was not a put something in place as an insurance policy, uh, a a blessed assurance policy, Jesus is ours, that we were able to have Jesus Christ redeem us to ask for God's forgiveness for us. You know sometimes if you do something, a lot of times we will go oh, no, I don't want to ask them because they're going to get mad. They're going to get upset if I ask them. If I say something like that, they're going to get, they're going to get angry with me. So they'll tell somebody else, okay, you go ask them because they like you. They're, they're, you'll, they'll do it for you. See, that's what Jesus did for us. He knew. He knew we couldn't go to God with our mess on our own for ourselves to ask God to help us because we had our mess still in front of God's face. He knew we had to get ourselves straightened out and get ourselves cleansed and washed. And that's why Jesus Christ became the lamb, the sacrificial lamb he said father forgive them for they know not what they do and that is important because sometimes people will do things to us if we don't forgive them how do we ask god to forgive us yeah i know there's some rift situation I, I can talk about some things as i go along but yes in forgiveness is important crucial for you to make a relationship with the father and with the savior forgiveness is absolutely a must There's no way around it. There's no getting around it. Let me look at the other third word that Jesus Christ spoke on the cross. And Luke 23, 43, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now that is such a blessing. That was one of the thieves that Jesus was speaking to on the cross. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Jesus Christ was getting ready to return back to the heavenlies with his father after he came off the cross and rose from the dead. And he knew that thief would be there on that cross. And there was two thieves, but there was one that didn't get that same invitation because he was mocking God. He was making some sarcastic, irreverent, ugly, nasty comments. But Jesus Christ heard one of the thieves saying, listen, I know I deserve to be here for what I've done, but you don't deserve this. But would you please remember me in the day when you return back to your father? Remember me. And Jesus Christ honored that man's request and said, To this day, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. Now, you know what? If you don't know nothing else about Jesus, about God, paradise sounds real good. There's no comparison. What we have on this earth to say, oh, well, you know, I took a vacation, I took a cruise, I did this, I did that. I, it doesn't matter. When you talk about paradise, paradise is a whole nother dimension, a whole nother experience that you cannot purchase or buy with your own money. It's a heavenly, eternally reward of God's grace, like the benefit or a, 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 a prize, because there's no dying. In paradise, there's no sickness. In paradise, there's no hatred. In paradise, there's no violence. In paradise, there's eternally peace, forevermore, love forevermore. There's a place where the streets paved will go. Oh my God! Listen, just to be with Jesus for eternity is paradise. If He didn't do anything else, but just. Look at you and smile. That's all right by itself. Praise God. That's paradise. Amen. See, we don't have to have a lot of people talking all the time. There's some time when you just want quiet. You just want joy of the quietness of just having his spirit. Hallelujah. On the inside of you, giving you praise and thanks for just giving him praise and thanks for what he has done as far as giving you the body and the ability and the life that he gives us, the mind that he gives us, so paradise. Oh, my Lord Jesus, you cannot play, you can't buy that. You can't buy that. But he told this thief on the cross. Now, look at that. The man was a thief. That's how good God is. That's how good Jesus is. He's like, You a thief. You steal, you do some bad things. But if you talk to me, and love me and honor me the right way. I'm even willing to give you an opportunity to get another chance. That's what Jesus Christ did on that cross for all of us. Gave us another chance. Cause all of us were thieves at some point. All of us have done something wrong in some kind of way. But he's like, I'm gonna give you this opportunity to be in paradise with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Then we go to the other word, last seven words of Christ on the cross. John nineteen twenty six. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, the 27th verse, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Amen. This is why God is so loving. He's a caring father that Jesus Christ at the time he came and was born on the earth. He came the same way like everyone else. And he came through, well not like everyone else, but he came through a woman's womb to be born, but he was divinely conceived through the Holy spirit, through God's spirit. It wasn't a man. Joseph had nothing to do with any sperm being put inside Mary. He was just the, the, actual step in standby dad, father for this, for this standby, standby for this son, but God himself put his spirit inside of Mary. That's why it's supernatural. That's why it's a miracle. That's why no one can take any kind of glory or credit for what? Because Jesus Christ is not like you and I, he is from the heavenlies came and was put on the earth. Just so he could help us see how to walk and live. Because, you know, sometimes people always blame God for a lot of stuff when they were on this earth. How we got, where is God? We can't see God. We want to know how we can do. So God says, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll let my son go down on the earth like man. And the same way they came in the earth, he'll go in the same way. But he still will be supernatural, have miracle powers, heavenly father, because he's from the heavenlies. So he came. But he wanted to make sure that when he left this earth, he was concerned about our hearts. He was concerned about how we feel, how things happen to us and what's going on. And he was concerned about his mother, Mary, because Mary was just doing what God gave her to do. Just take care of him until he was able to be able to be on his own and do what he had to do for the father. He was here and she was there to stand by and to watch over him and to see and hear his words and follow him just like as if he was her savior and her shepherd. And he was, she, he was not just her his son. He was more of a savior and a shepherd too. So she had to honor him and humble herself to honor him and obey him. But he thought so much about her before he left. He didn't want her to feel her heart being broken and torn away because she wasn't going to have him with her anymore. So he asked one of his disciples, his disciples who was there standing by, listen, say, this is your mother. Now behold your son, woman, this is your son. And behold, this is your mother. So he was concerned about family. He was concerned about relationships. He was concerning about us not being on our own by ourselves, but we have each other. This is why Jesus Christ was the best example we could ever have to show us what love is and how love is supposed to be. Listen, I am not going to just leave you alone alone. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He gave the Holy Spirit. He said he gave the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit as we go on along in the rest of these different services. But right now, he was on that cross. And on that cross, he thought about his mother being hurt and and having heartache because he was no longer going to be there for her and with her. So he said, disciple, mother, woman, behold your son. This is your son now. Take him as yours. You know, sometimes people think about talking about adopting children because they don't have any children of their own, but praise God, we have to realize there is sometimes that's a very important need and necessity that we look out for one another's children because some people are widows, some people are fatherless, don't have dads, don't have mothers. Uh, a parents because of some situation that happened and we got to praise God for Lord looking, allowing us to have an opportunity that if we're able to help somebody else to be able to be there, they don't, they don't have to feel lonely. They can have that. There's someone there caring for them and thinking about them and concerned about them. That's what Christ did on that cross. And that last, one of the last words he said on the cross. So that was very important for him to put that on the cross to say those words. He was, it was very important for us to know that he was concerned about us caring for each other. And then the other word. That it says here. In John 19 and 28. After this. Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled. saith, I thirst. He was on that cross. i let you know. He was real man. As well as supernatural. Because he was thirsting. He was thirsting on that cross and they tried to give him some nasty stuff, some vinegar and put it in. And he he, he had something in it. It wasn't really, you know, appropriate or tasteful for him to have. And he refused. He wouldn't even take it. But see, this is why he was thirsting. How many of us are dry in a dark place in our lives? In a desert in our lives. And we're thirsting for something. We're looking for something. We don't know what it is. And sometimes you just can't take. take Put your finger on it. Or taste it. But that's Jesus. You should be thirsting always for being more like God. For being more like Christ. Like I don't want to just. Like we said earlier. I don't just want to be on this earth. Just to be on this earth. Just to live. Just to be existing. I want to live. God wants us to live. He wants us to have living water. He wants us to be filled with his refreshing in our lives. We don't need to be in darkness, dried up and sour and bitter. He said, I thirst. He wants us to have life and have it more abundant, have living water. So praise God. Jesus Christ is thirsting. What he's thirsting for right now It's for us to get our lives right. He's thirsting for us to get souls saved in the kingdom. If we haven't been out for two or so years since this pandemic, I'm telling you, I was going to say this before and and I talked and I went another way, but I'm going to get back to it now. This pandemic, some people have not even been outside their house. That's how how hard it's been on some people and sad it's been on some people. They have not been out their house in two years. They have not literally been out, outside to go anywhere or go, go out even their own yard or even go to another state or go anywhere to spend time with their family. They have not been out for almost two years. Now, I am one of them people. I'm very big on social distancing and keeping myself safe and protection and not being in an environment that's going to be risky or dangerous. But, you know, sometimes you just have to move about and go somewhere just so you can, you know, have a breath, a breather of just getting away from all the this 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 whole conversation of, of evil and violence about who's going to get the COVID, who's not going to get the COVID, who's going to get the shot, who's not, all that the news all that you got to get away I always take my time to go away no matter what church I've been in I have still made take time to go away and just go someplace where I know God is just going to have people that are going to just be praising him, just going to be lifting up, just going to be preaching the word. And I'm not going to be working or serving or doing too much. I'm going to really be still quiet so I can get renewed and get refreshed. And I meet different family members because there's different family members in the body of Christ. And I get to see what they're doing, how God is working and moving through them. And it's just a time of fellowship of just being renewed and being refreshed. I thirst, the Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. That's what we need to be thirsty for. We're thirsting after material things, thirsting after more money, thirsting after more uh, 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 jobs or or prestige and power. But the power that we should be thirsting for, hallelujah, is the almighty power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's the power you're going to need. Let me tell you something. I could be in a situation where I don't have a dime in my pocket. I'm telling you. And with the Holy Spirit and God sees and knows everything that's going on. And I am in need of anything. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor they've seen begging for bread. He has provided somewhere, somehow to show me where to go. Who knows what, who to talk to for me to be able to get what I need to get done. And I praise and thank God for that. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit can lead and guide you into all truth and order your steps. So I praise God. So when you're thirsting, say, Lord, I I, I need a healing. I need a touch. I need I need something to encourage me. I'm in a situation where I'm depressed. I I, I don't have my joy like a. You need to thirst after the Holy Spirit, and God has all that provided. All that provided because it's been given as a gift, It's a gift. But what we do, like I said, like a thief, we take, but we don't want to give back. We take and we don't want to give back. That's a thief. Because when God does something for you, you're supposed to go about spreading that news, that good news to other people and share it with other people and let them be blessed by what you've been blessed by. But sometimes we want to hold everything to ourselves and keep everything to ourselves. And God says, that's not what I've given it to you. That's not what I came on this cross for you to hold it to Get on your feet and sell. get on the phone. Stop gossiping. Stop being on these social media talking about a whole bunch of garbage and nuts and get on there and tell people about Jesus is live and helping us to endure whatever suffering we're going through he'll be there for you he'll help you endure it but you got to be thirsty for him not just taking for yourselves and not giving to him so when you can't just sit closed up and bottled up inside your own world inside your own place sometimes sometimes you got to say okay god I don't want to be around a whole lot of people, but I got to go somewhere. I got to go to a park. I got to go to a place where there's a lot of Christians that are social distancing, but still able to lift up the name of Jesus and hold on. I'm telling you, God has a place for you. If you're thirsty, he has the door. You just got to be persevering and being consistent, consistent and perseverance is what's going to help you. So you pray those prayers. I thirst for consistency, God. I thirst for perseverance. God, every time I try to start something to get closer to you, then something comes up and tries to distract me and take me away from you. I don't want that to happen to me anymore. I'm thirsting, God. I want to be filled with the power of your living water, of your refreshing God. So Lord, help me. This is my prayer, God. Help me to be consistent and persistent in you. That's what your prayer should be for thirsting. See, we got to learn that the Holy Spirit is here to help us learn, teach us how to pray, teach us how to ask for the right things, and God will honor us, honor us, and bless us with it. But we got to thirst after these things. Praise God. One of the other seven words, last seven words on the Christ on the cross says, Luke 23, 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit and having said thus, he gave up the ghosts. I told you in the beginning, it's either going to be heaven or hell. You're running in this race. You're running on this race on the earth, but sometimes hell and things that are evil and wicked keep going on, you fall into the trap and you keep getting sidetracked and keep getting caught off guard and keep falling into that. And you keep following into the same thing. All these different things that come on the the the, the 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 television, come on the news, come in the newspapers, come in the books, come in your conversations with your friends, your family. All these things will get you distracted and detour you from being on the straight and narrow path with Jesus. You can't allow that. You can't afford that. So you want to run this race. You want to run it well. So you got to pace yourself. You, got, you need God's grace what Christ did on that cross is give us grace. God, I don't want you to go on that cross for nothing and go on that cross for vain. You put yourself on the line for me so that I would have life. I'm not gonna let you just go on that cross and I'm gonna turn around around and do the same mess I was doing before you went on that cross and before you came and changed my life and told me what you wanted me to do. I need to run this race. So God, you got to ask God to put my spirit. That's why I talk about the Holy Spirit. He says, Father, into my hands, I commend your spirit. And having thus said, he gave up the ghost. The Holy Ghost has to be inside of you for all of you to do some things that God needs you to do. And for you to hold on so that you don't go fall and go down with evil. You need the Holy Spirit to come in so you can have the ghost inside of you. God doesn't want you to give up. God doesn't want you to faint, but he wants you to be able to hold on until the change comes in your life and you need the Holy Ghost. So you guys, say, God, I want my spirit to be with your spirit. I don't want to be with spirits that are evil. I don't want to be with the spirits of the devil. I don't want to be in the spirits of the darkness. I don't want to be with spirits of the hell because you got spirits out here. We're not just living in a physical world. We live in a spiritual world as well. And sometimes you can't see the spirits, but there's people that do sorcery and witchcraft and all these different things. You don't want your spirit to be taken over by none of that mess. You don't want that. So that's why you got to commend your spirit. Father, I put my spirit in your hands, God. I put my life in your hands, Jesus. What you need to be done in my life, God, I ask you. I give you charge to com- command, commission you to be over my life. Ha, Yapo Kosha. You gotta talk to the Lord. You gotta make a decision. It's not just, oh, well, he knows. No, you gotta say it out your mouth. God, I put my hand, my life in your hands. I don't want my hands to be your my life to be in the devil's hands. So I gotta speak. You gotta speak and tell God that's what you want. When you make a decision, you make a decree. The devil can't do nothing with you. But sometimes people don't have that blessed assurance and insurance policy because they have not made the confession to Christ to take charge over their life. And when you ask the Lord to take charge of life, you can't take it back. You can't keep going back with the devil. Once Jesus is in charge, that's it. You can't go back and forth because God will not honor you. God will not bless you if you're not consistent and persistent in him. And the devil loves for people to backslide. The devil loves people to mess up and fall down. But you get up and you say, God, I'm sorry. I Forgive me so, Lord, let me tr- let me do this again. But you can't keep messing around, playing around with the devil. You got to be able to know what Christ did on that cross was a sacrifice for you. It was to bless and let you have life. So you don't give that up. You don't take that lightly. That's like you have an oxygen tank. Someone gives you oxygen and you're going to take that oxygen and just throw it away. No, you keep that tank because that oxygen was given to you, not someone else. Given to you so that you can breathe. You can have life and breathe. God wants us to have life. He wants us to breathe. But we got to make sure that we stay on his oxygen. And that's in the word of God. When you get oxygen from Jesus, how do you get the oxygen from Jesus? You get in his word. You stay on his word. You let that word become alive in you. You keep reading that word. You keep meditating on that word. It's like food. Man not, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's your food. The daily bread. And speaking of Daily Bread, while you're on this, while you're on listening, on this on this service, there's a book called Daily Bread. Go online, look it up, or either get you an app called Daily Bread. And Daily Bread has different scriptures every day and, and witnesses and testimonies of things that God has given them to share with people to inspire them and encourage them. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> so if you don't, understand all the time about the word and what the word is saying. Sometimes somebody will give you a testimony and a witness to help you understand what the word is saying. And that's a daily bread. It's a very small time. You could spend time like a devotional time. Just spend time with God in prayer and read that scripture and read that story that it shares. And it's called daily bread. You could either put that daily bread app on your phone and read it daily, or you can either go purchase it online and they send you the books just for a small donation. They send you a monthly three months type of books on a regular basis to your home. And that's a blessing because it helps encourage people in times when you need an encouragement. Praise God. It has the, you have your Bible that also gives you an encouragement. Praise the Lord. Amen. So praise God. We're going to come almost down to the last word of the seven words. It says John 19 and 30 when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now that's what I said about that vinegar, that vinegar they was trying to give him, but he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Jesus Christ said, it is finished. That means whatever he had to do for our atonement, for our sins on this, on this earth, for us to get back to the father, he was the bridge. He was the one that gave us the grace. He is the grace that gave us the gift of eternal life to get back to the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. All we have to do is accept His offering, accept His atonement on that cross, accept His suffering and ask for His forgiveness for what we've done in our lives. Ask for the mercy, the mercy, the mercy of the Lord on our lives and we can receive God's grace to run this race. I pray that it's been a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.